can't control what goes on in front offices in the coaching office. Like that's just so out of your control. All you can do is just, you know, give it everything you got and prove, try and prove yourself every day. And, you know, whether you get, you know, I get signed or I'm playing professional football or professional rugby, it's just like, just about getting 1% better every day, you know, just continuing to grow and like, just put your best foot forward in whatever I'm doing. Hello and welcome to the Off Field Rugby Pod. My name is Brian Moylet. I'm a former Irish underage international and this podcast is for young rugby players. I chat with players and coaches at the top of the game about their journey and get their insights so that you can learn from them. Please follow me on Instagram at offfieldrugby, share the pod with friends and make sure that you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. Today I'm chatting with Sean Clark who plays for the Dallas Jackals in Major League Rugby. Sean was scouted by three Major League Baseball teams when he was just in high school, but decided to take a scholarship to play football in college. In the pod he talks about this decision and also the roller coaster of events that saw him chatting with the Arizona Cardinals before the NFL draft, practicing with the Indianapolis Colts last year, and then switching to rugby and being offered a pro deal before he ever touched a rugby ball. We chat about his journey through all the different sports and why he ultimately decided to switch over to rugby. It's been anything but plain sailing though and Sean opens up about some real lows he's had in the past going off the rails and nearly throwing it all away. In this chat you'll see the importance of believing in yourself trusting the process and going all in to chase your dream. A lot of people stress about money. Where should you be investing? Are you prepared if there's a crash? And loads more. And if you're not an expert, finances can be really daunting. I know the people at Sparks Wealth and they're brilliant. What they do is they educate you on your finances without any jargon. They create a personalized plan for you and manage your money so that it's working for you and so you don't need to be worrying about it. You can book a free, no-obligation Zoom call now on their website, sparkswealth.ie. So lots uh, in your sporting background that I want to chat about, but what was the dream growing up? Yeah, so um, I grew up playing all sorts of sports uh, between football, baseball, uh, soccer, hockey, lacrosse. Um, so I played in a bunch of uh, numerous different things, um, but it, American football was just something that uh, I loved right away. And um, I, so, you know, at, at like six years old, I told my mom, like, I'm going to play in the NFL, like, I'm going to go to college and get a scholarship and all this. Um, so, yeah, growing up, I definitely would say, you know, in my whole life, American football, you know, I chased that dream for, you know, up 20 years of my life. So it's been, it's been a lot for me. Yeah, and you did, you did get a... D1 or play D1 football, did you? Yeah, so I ended up getting a scholarship from Monmouth University. It's a small FCS school. It's a Division One AA school in New Jersey, uh, right on the Jersey Shore. So, um, you know, I was getting recruited by some of the bigger schools. Um, just the money wasn't there. You take the money, you know, and, and get a free education and, uh, you know, another chance to play uh, professionally. So, yeah, that was where I ended up going. I spent five years of my life down there on the Jersey Shore. Cool. And how was going playing there? Is it what you thought it would be? Yeah, you know, so uh, I think on my visit, it was my official visit uh, before I had committed. 
um, to actually play there. Um, I went down and, and got to meet the staff and stayed for a couple of days. And I think I was thinking it was going to be like Jersey Shore, the TV show. Like I had no idea what I was, you know, I was about to walk into. But uh, when I got down there, it was like you know a beautiful, like businessy kind of area of New Jersey, like right on the ocean. Um, campus is beautiful. It's kind of small, actually. It's like 4,500 uh, students on campus. So relatively speaking, you know, um, pretty, pretty small campus, but it's just so beautiful and uh, has two historic landmarks on it. Uh, Wilson Hall, which is uh, Woodrow Wilson, one of our old presidents, and um, also uh, our library, the Guggenheim Library, and they're famous for having gone down the Titanic. So it was like kind of two yeah, crazy historic landmarks, um, and, and the campus is just a beautiful place, man, like great people. Um, so I guess it wasn't at all what I thought it was going to be, you know. And would you have played against like big, like you say, 4,500 students, but would you have played against like some big schools with like probably more people in the stands than you had in the school? Oh, absolutely. I remember my, my last year, my senior year, we played out in, in Montana uh, at the University of Montana in front of like 40,000 people. And it's just like that. You couldn't even hear anything on the field. Like, you know, at, you're trying to get a play call and everything just rattling in your head because, you know, fans are just screaming. Yeah. So, yeah, it definitely played in some really big and hostile environments for sure. And what position were you? It was a tight end or receiver? Yeah, so I, I played tight end. Uh, I actually played quarterback gr growing up, though. I was a quarterback um, my whole life. And I uh, got recruited to go to college either to play quarterback, uh, some offers to play quarterback, some to play tight end. And those in my circle around me, you know, that helped me, you know, develop as, a, as an athlete. Um, just all suggested, you know, maybe the move to tight end would be the best for your future. And so, you know, I just trusted it and trusted the process and took that change. And I actually thoroughly enjoyed it. You know, tight ends, you're so involved in the game between the run and the pass. And, uh, you know, it's a fun position. So it was, it was a good transition. Yeah, for sure. And then, so what, like coming up to the end, you did your five years. And what were the... How was then coming up to the end? Like, what were your plans after? How did that go? To be honest, uh, you know, you asked me, like, what I dreamed of as a kid, like, just playing football. Like, so going into college, I mean, even to begin with when I first got there, like, the dream and the goal was always to be, you know, get a chance to get my uh, foot in the NFL or professionally. And, you know, so I think, I mean, obviously, you know, I got my degree and uh, I got that in communication studies. Um, so, you know, I, I wanted to work with people and be around people when I'm done with the game, but being in it, like, I'm just, I was so invested, you know, like in sport and like just making sure that I would do everything I could to, you know, get a chance to play professional sport in the future. So I think I never even really thought twice about like anything else, you know, other than, you know, making it, you know, it hasn't, it never really crossed my mind, you know, like, oh my God, like what am I going to do with my life right now? You know what I mean? It's just yeah. like the natural, you kind of just believe in yourself. Like I had so many people take chances on me, like just throughout my life and, and going through the whole process through high school, through college, and just helping me develop as a, you know, not even as just a, a player, but, you know, my character, a person, you know, um, and just helping me grow up. So, you know, there's just so much uh, going on and like, you know, just a great experience overall. That's cool. And so you just like, we're just always all in on on that goal of yeah man like i don't know i kind of like my mom calls me like just like a reckless dreamer like you know i set these huge like uh you know goals and like i have such big ambitions but like 
I just don't really know any other way how to live life. You know, everything I do, I'm just all in. Like, this is how I've been, I guess. It just, it's just been, you know, my, my identity, my character. Like, um, I don't really think any other way. And, you know, I try to be like that, that guy that brings, you know, positivity to a team and like just my friend group or, you know, the environment I'm in, um, you know, and just to have that positive outlook, you know, even if you don't, you know, end up reaching, you know, the top and making, you know, your end goal. It's just about the process and like just having the believing yourself and, and just, you know, because when you believe in yourself and you go through the process and, you know, whatever it takes to get to where you're trying to go, like you're going to learn so much about yourself. And that's like, the you know, the hard part about life is, you know, it's finding yourself and like, I just truly believe that, you know, just following your heart and like investing yourself in everything you do helps you find yourself and build character. So, yeah. Uh, I love it because yeah, like if you, if you don't aim at the top, if you pick somewhere in the middle, like that's all you're ever going to get to. Like, but if you aim, like, like you say, crazy dream or whatever, like there's a chance you'll end up playing pro rugby like you have, or, you know, you can end up somewhere else. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And then like, that's the thing. Like I just never in a million years would have imagined myself playing rugby. Honestly, like I, I honestly didn't even know anything about the game until just over a year ago. Like, you know, I, I never picked up a rugby ball. Like, Never, I, I knew what it was as a, as a sport. You know, you see the highlights on YouTube of dudes just crushing each other, and like, I'm like, wow, that's like, that's badass. But like, I probably would never do that. You know, just being a football player, that's just like in the American mindset. You know, it's had 10 years ago, rugby isn't even really a huge thought in the, or a factor in the sporting world of, you know, the United States or like even North America. Um, so to be where I am right now is honestly so crazy, but. You know, like, like that's that, that's what I was just talking about the process. Like, you go through all these things and like these experiences, and like that's just part of life. You, you know, you shoot for the moon. You know, you fall in the stars. Like, you know, it's kind of one of those things, and it's been amazing. And I wouldn't change, you know, any of this journey for anything. Yeah, awesome. And so, did I see you play? You played in the spring league, so you did. Yeah. Like, that's a kind of t- a taste. But so, how did that go after college? You didn't get to the NFL, but you so you went to the spring league, and then. Talk to me about that kind of period of time. Yeah, so I got over after college, um, went through like the whole, uh, you know, process of going through the draft. And um, I, I was speaking with a few teams throughout the draft and I thought I was going to get go to the Arizona Cardinals, you know, talking to their coaches um, up to three days before the draft um, a few times each. So it was like, you know, my whole family came down to, you know, to my house in New Jersey. I'm from New York, uh, northern New York. So it's like a seven hour drive for them. Um, to be with me on draft weekend and it was like when I didn't get that call I, you know I didn't expect to be drafted but to you know have that call right after the end of the draft and you know you're going to be a high priority free agent like uh, you're bringing in for uh, mini camp and, and then just camp in general um, so it was so disheartening you know when that didn't happen and you know with everything with COVID that had hit in 2020 like he just threw everything for a loop they're supposed to be adding uh, roster sizes increasing roster sizes within the NFL like 13 spots um and then when COVID came they're like okay now we have to cut roster spots actually um so it was just so hard man mentally it's just like it was a mental roller coaster you train so hard you, you know and just like i said that you know going through growing up like it's all you think about is you know making it that's, that's all you can think about so it was definitely like you know it hurt um but you just had to keep grinding and just working and then finally it was in august i got a call from the indianapolis colts and they're like, you know, you can come in, we'll bring in for uh, a workout, try out. And so I was down there for the week and, you know, had a great workout. And it just nobody got signed from that. And it was just like, wow, like, 
I feel like I just gave it my best, you know, shot. And I felt really good about it, and you know, didn't didn't get signed. Like in the end, it was just like that hurt, you know. And then so I go back home to my family, and I'm just you know working and work or I'm working out, and then working for a moving company, you know. And this is the first like smack in the face, like wow, life's life's here, you know what I mean? Yeah. And um, so it, it was a lot, man. And then I got another call finally, you know, a couple months later about the the spring league, which is now formally the USFL. Um, so it's a new league here in the States as well. That's a professional now. Um, and my, he's like, you know, this could be another good opportunity just to get more film. And so I was like, you know, obviously I'm going to take that opportunity. Right. And, uh, so that, you know, from the draft was in April or end of, or end of April, you know, beginning of May, you think you're going to be with the team. So then I just dragged that out to, you know, six months later, I'm like, wow, what am I doing? You know, so it's been a really awesome, you know, crazy up and down journey. But again, like I just wouldn't change it, you know, and, and also the spring league did help me actually find my rugby journey. So it kind of all tied in together, you know. Yeah, that is that just sounds so difficult, like because with football, obviously, it's it's not like rugby in that it's all it's really all or nothing like you can't go to another league you can't go abroad you can't go into the second tier really it's it's like you're sitting there having trained for five years had this dream forever and pretty confident that you're going to get some sort of look and then and you're talking to teams you've kind of like got some reassurances and then all of a sudden nothing yeah it's just and that's the thing, you know, that's the thing about it, about sport is, you know, it's, there's so many emotions that are involved in it, you know, on, on field, especially, but off field, even more so, you know, just like having to deal with all the, you know, the background stuff that like you can't control what goes on in front offices, in the coaching office, like, that's just so out of your control. All you can do is just, you know, give it everything you got and prove, try and prove yourself every day. And, you know, whether you get, you know, I get signed or I'm playing professional football or professional rugby, it's just like, just about getting one percent better every day, you know. Just continuing to grow and like just put your best foot forward in whatever I'm doing. So, yeah, yeah, it's been it's been a lot, man. Like, it's it's really I think you know we could sit here for you know hours and talk about you know just like the whole journey and like what I've you know the emotional roller coaster I've been through you know with, with the sport. But um, you know, to honestly be to be fair, like rugby has been like a saving grace, you know. I kind of like refound myself again and you know so that that's also been huge and uh, you know I'm really thankful for that too awesome and so how did you find rugby so for people listening like to so the spring league or that it's not so big is it it's like trying to get a look like just trying like to get a look for a team but it's it's you're not getting paid big money or anything no it's so exactly so it's basically um like it's televised and all that and they'll give you free housing but like you're really just there to get filmed. So it's other guys that are in the same boat as you that have either been signed on teams and are now free agents or, like, just, you know, have been almost there and just, like, need, you know, more film, whatever it may be. Um, so it's a, it's a great, great competition. But, yeah, we're all there just on our own, you know, on our own will to hopefully just get another shot. Like, that's that's all we can hope for, you know? As I said, like, everything else is out of our control. Yeah. So all we can do is just, you know, do what we do best and that's just work hard every day, you know? So, so you're playing there, and then how does rugby happen? Yeah, so third week, uh, it, was th- yeah, it was the third week of the spring league, and I was just sitting on the balcony after practice um, at our at our place there, and I get a message on Twitter. I'm just scrolling through Twitter, and I 
you have a message, I'm like, okay, I'll open it up. There's this guy named Peter Pask, actually, and uh, he's out with the, it was formerly the Glendale Raptors and the MLR um, that were changing their, their program name to the Colorado Exos. Um, anyway, he's like, so I have this opportunity for you. Um, I'd like to sit down o- over coffee. I just watched you play here in, you know, San Antonio. Um, and I'd really just like to have a conversation with you just about this opportunity. And I just blew that off. Like, I just looked at it and like, all right, it's just like another, like one of those just net messages you get, you know? And it was like, I want to say like um, almost a month and a half later, I opened it and went back to it. Cause I, this is at the time when I'm just training now, I'm, I'm out of the spring league. I'm just training. I'm at home and I'm working for a moving company, like not doing anything. And I'm like, you know what? Let me just see what this guy like had to say. Just, just you know, hear him out. It can never, never hurt. Yeah. And he just he tells me he's like, hey, like we, I'm glad you you know got back to us. No worry about the delay. We just want to, you know, we're starting this crossover program for you know professional athletes or high level athletes from other sports to bring them into the game of rugby and hopefully you know change rugby in America, help produce you know better uh, rugby athletes and just you know help the United States grow hmm. per se. Um, and he's like, I just want to would fly out here and just show you around to see what we're all about and, you know, just give you an opportunity. So, uh, I, I took him off on it. I was like, okay, like I, I'm not, again, I'm not doing anything other than just training and hoping for my next opportunity. So I fly out and, you know, I see, I go, I go there, I show up and like they have their whole facility, like, you know, the, the in, indoor training facility for our weights and, you know, the turf. And they have, you know, meeting rooms and we have two, like it's a big turf field, another stadium. I'm like, wow, like this is not what I expected rug- rugby to be. You know what I mean? I, I had no idea that rugby even was kind of a little bit popular come to find out in the U.S. Like um, it's just overshadowed by every other sport. You know what I mean? Because the market here is so big. Um, so I was quite, you know, pleasantly surprised when I got there to see all this. And he just told us, you know, told me again what they were trying to do. Um, that you have an opportunity to represent your country, you know, possibly down the road. And, you know, to play for your country is an unbelievable honor. That's something you can, you can only, you know, hope for in any other sport. And most sports, you can't even do that, you know, like football, especially. It's not just not a thing. Um, so that, I think that's what got me was when he said, you know, you have a legitimate opportunity to play for your country. So I was like, okay, like, you know, I'm going to give this a try. I'm just going to, I'm going to just, go for it and just trust that like whatever you know big man has planned for me that you know i'm just gonna put my best foot forward and, and, and go with it and hope for the best and turned out like the first i think it was the first practice first second practice like i was like wow this is probably the best game i've ever played in my life like it literally felt like i was in like a phys ed class in in school but like obviously a little more intense but like just so you know backyard like fun type game uh, and it kind of brought me back to like being a kid and and playing, you know, all those different things as a kid, all those different sports. It brought so many different elements into it, and I think I was hooked right away, to be honest. Nice, <clears throat> yeah. I think rugby is like a mix of them all. Like I played basketball, soccer, uh, everything growing up, but like rugby brings in a bit of everything, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It's just like you have it has to bring out like the best athlete in you, and like. You can be a football player, you can be a soccer player, you know, a hockey player, but rugby is like a complete athlete. Like you have to have everything and be able to do everything. And that's like what I love about it is it tries you in ways that I've never been tested before, you know, as a man or as an athlete, you know, those dark moments when you just feel like you can't keep playing, but you have to dig in, you have no other choice because you know everyone else around you is feeling the same way. You, you know what I mean? And that's just not something you get in, in 
football, especially like you hurt, but you're not tired. You're not that tired. And, you know, just having to play offense, going in transition and defense, being able to go up and get a high ball, like so many different fun, cool elements that you just don't get. And like, it just brings out like true happiness in me. You know what I mean? Like just to be an, an athlete in general, like this game is amazing. And I wish more people would really give it a chance. Like I'm, so, I'm kind of sad that, you know, I just, I just heard about it a year ago, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's awesome. I think it is growing. But um, so when you were back home, like you were working for a moving company and you're like training, you're just training kind of because that's probably all you knew. Like you've just trained all your life and you're like, I just that's this is what I do. And so yeah. this guy, Peter, he's just like just fly out and he just booked you a ticket and you were just like, all right, I'll pack a bag. I'll put some cleats in and I'll just go and see. Yeah, that's exactly like yeah and so he just they gave you like a, a room to stay in and, and did you know how long you were going for or did you just you didn't really yeah i went out for two days he told me they're gonna fly me out for two days like just ask me just make sure i, I would like it and hopefully you know they offer me a contract right there because they, they already seen me play football so they knew i was yeah obviously somewhat of a good athlete you know um so he had already said you know if you want to do this like we will give you one but this is more so just to you know kind of reel me in here and show me what it's really about yeah and so how did how have you found then the the learning curve because there's so much i think like rugby is so much fun but like it is quite complex you know rocks and malls and you know i saw you've played second row you've also played in the wing like you know the line outs it, it is how have you found that kind of journey from day one honestly again like i think this is, came back to like the my childhood just having played so many different things, like you can pick up something and just kind of be good at it. And like, I think football also having that background, like just the knowledge you have to like think about so many different things and process so much that, you know, I was able to just to dive in, learn, try and learn the game as best as I can. Obviously, you know, it's still uh, every day I'm trying to learn more and more. Um, but I think it's just allowed me, like my background, you know, in sports and just playing so many things has allowed me to transition so smoothly into rugby. Um, and to be able to play, you know what I'm saying? And obviously it takes to be a world-class player. It requires so much work and dedication and, you know, just true knowledge of the game. Um, and that's something I hope I can acquire, you know, through the years of playing and like just learning from guys that are older, you know, the veterans that you meet and, and just things like that. That's cool. And so how long were you with Colorado? So Colorado XO, they, they're not in the MLR, but was so they were giving out contracts so like you they were enough to for you to stay there and then you, you were playing against other club teams is that how it was working yeah so we did basically they signed us to like you know legitimate contracts basically we're um professional athletes again you know we yeah. got full insurance uh and i was making you know pretty pretty good money um but they're also shooting a documentary uh rugby town so that was also helping fund this program as well as well as the city and the mayor um, and a bunch of people in the rugby world um, just backing backing their thoughts and beliefs in it um, so that's really kind of how that started yeah and just kind of they went with it I guess yeah and then you you played there for a year and with all those got all the guys on the team were kind of like hoping to kick on to ML or was it that was the goal so I don't even honestly I wouldn't say that is the goal because 
their their overall goal is so the like they're now the American Raptors. They were the Colorado Exos. Okay, so they had a couple name changes. Um, but their overall goal is just to to bring in guys and develop their talent. Um, but they want to keep them there eventually, and you know bring us back, you know, and have a fully American squad that competes internationally to play in. You know, hopefully one day down the road, their their goal is to play in like a Pro 14 or a Slar or you know a league like that, and and, and play legitimate rugby outside of America um, to help grow legitimate athletes. And it's also a pathway for the U.S. Team because their headquarters are right there in Glendale, so it's a it's a direct contact and and knowledge from the U.S. coaches, which is also huge. So obviously, um, if they get some offers like myself and a few other my teammates have to go to the MLR, they're more than willing to to let us go there. And you know, if we that's something we we want to do and, and see. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, they want to grow that program as well, and hopefully, you know, help rugby grow here in America. Like that's the the whole goal of that project. Okay, interesting because at the moment I'm involved with a Canada West squad. So it's like, yeah, all the players in Canada West. And we have a game against the American Raptors uh, in like three weeks. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, because I was just wondering like what the idea, what the plan is with this. Because I heard like, you know, our coach can said like, oh, it's, these cross- it's crossover athletes in America and they're come playing here and they're playing against a few different teams. So I was just wondering what the goal was. Yeah, so it's to possibly have a like a pro american team that will go and play in different competitions yeah and then hopefully you know deeper than that you know one day help the u.s you know pool in players that can help them compete legitimately in, in world cups like to become a legitimate you know contender at least um you know obviously everyone's goal is to, to win something you know and we, we would love to win the world cup uh here in the u.s but like it's a long-term goal it's the it's growth of not just the sport but the athletes and and, and bringing more opportunities and showing them that there there are opportunities outside of you know whatever sport we we um you know specify as a you know in college or whatever it is that uh, there's other opportunities for us to go do something and, and and represent our country at that so yeah it's it's pretty deep for sure yeah that's cool and it's kind of it's interesting i played and coached in the states for a couple of years and i saw it and um you know, I knew a few guys that had D1 football offers, but came to play in Lindenwood and then went and play with the Eagles now, you know, the national team. But it's, uh, I think the rest of the world are kind of aware of that, that if the US get it together, there's <laughs> there's so many athletes there that like, it won't be a good thing for everyone else if they get a, a lot of guys playing rugby. Yeah. And like, I mean, honestly, it's, it's incredible to see just the growth that that program has had, even just over the last year. And to look back at some of the players, you know, that are still there and just to see their games, you know, grow and how much they've grown as a player. I mean, they're just punishing guys, you know, they're, they're all big bruising guys at every position. And it's just like, it's exciting. It's exciting to see like, you know, what if we get 50 of these athletes coming over a year or hundred, you know, just to come through that program or that could be awesome, you know, for America and, and just, you know, North America rugby in general, you know, whether it's Canada or the U.S. You know, it's just about the, the overall growth. And it, I think it could be a really amazing thing. Yeah, 100%. And it's something interesting that you might know rugby has only been professional like since I think 95, so like 25, six years. So a thing that's said in rugby is that it's not very professional. You know, like up until recently, pros would have been drinking after games a lot or, you know, there would have been that culture. Whereas 
professional sports in the states is so like your streets ahead so i don't know maybe you might have found that that like being involved in the nfl team and then going to the mlr it's like it's it's so much so much more professional those american sports yeah it is it is definitely and i mean overall between even just the two sports alone the culture is a complete you know 360 like it's 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 just you know football you have so many guys on a roster 100 plus and there's so many you can't be friends with everybody you really it's hard you know what i mean like yeah. you, you go through a lot together but at the end of the day there's so many clicks there's so many you know me guys it's it's just a different completely different environment you know what i'm saying whereas rugby you go through all the same things together but there's 40 uh, and you're all going to be brothers and you're all going to do everything together you, you know what i mean yeah uh, so it's just a little bit just a little bit different in, in, in that fact yeah and that's a good thing i suppose yeah because football as well i played a bit in college i walked on for a bit but it's like you got like o-line you got all these different like positional groups and positional groups within them you could have 20 guys so it's it's like its own team like you say whereas rugby right. everyone's just all everyone's together mm-hmm. you yeah. know just having the defense like especially i mean you're still gonna be obviously you're still gonna have friends but you battle each other every day it's not like you're both playing offense, you're both playing defense, like, no. Like, you have one position battle to win. Yeah. You're just not going to see much of the field, you know, it's, it's pretty cutthroat. Yeah. So. And so, I saw then that you signed for the Giltinis. So, was yeah. that, what was the deal there? Did you, you went there for a bit and then over to Dallas? Yeah, so, when I was with the Raptors, it was, I think it was in uh, late, I think it was in June, maybe. May or June, uh, right before the playoffs, like two weeks before the playoffs, um, they wanted to bring myself and two other of my teammates over for trials um, just to see us play and all that. Um, so it was more really just a trial run. They just wanted to be familiar with us, and they ended up offering me a contract for this year. Um, but I didn't really want to be – I felt like, I, you know, I could go to the development side. Like, I just want to be able to play mm. and get real, real experience. So um, – I just kind of waited out, um, talked to the Raptors as well, and then um, got on with the Dallas Jackals there. My agent said, you know, this could be a really good opportunity. They're going to, they're new. It could be a learning curve, but, you know, getting out there and getting a lot of playing time against this competition is it's beneficial and, you know, crucial for your development. So, you know, I'm 100% behind that. I know it's going to be tough. Like, I'm okay with, you know, the learning curve and, you know, maybe getting bumped around a little bit here and there uh, in terms of just the game, but, you know, it's just, that's what you have to do to, to to grow as a player. So, fair play, yeah. That's such an important thing and very mature of you. Like you gotta, yeah, put yourself in that uncomfortable situation. So essentially, you could have signed with the best team in the league, but you've gone to the worst, like the new team that were kind of been patched up. Yeah, man. It's just like, and that's again, like you just got to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Like, and that's just kind of what I've been again my whole life. Just kind of had that outlook, like. I love being part of something new, first of all. I think it's a great opportunity. And I love Dallas. Like, I want to put that out there. Like, this place is amazing. Um, it's a great setup. A lot of good young players here, too, as well as some, you know, veteran international guys. Um, it's just a tough go, you know, with injuries and not being able to field the same roster every week or at least in continuity. Mm. Um, some guys we played with, you know, I, I think we have yet to field the roster with the same lineup yet this year um so it's just it's tough man it's just one you know a first year all we can do is just keep playing and keep battling man like that's it that's how we attack every day 
win or lose, it's just about growing together and, you know, setting this culture for years to come, hopefully. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, it's always difficult in teams first year. You've seen it. Yeah, it's happened a good bit in the in the past. And the MLR team's going to struggle in their first year and then build. And so what's the schedule like there in Dallas? Like, what's your kind of weekly schedule or train schedule like? Yeah, so um, we're Monday through Friday. Uh, Wednesday's off, I should say. So our recovery day in the middle of the week, especially now, you need that those days mm. late in the year. 18 weeks is a long, a long season, plus your preseason, you figure. So um, Mondays are, you know, you can come in either after the game on Saturday, you know, you have your walk through, a good lift, your meetings, which is start, you know, that all starts at 8 o'clock. Um, we're in there, you know, get everything done. Uh, we're probably out of there by about uh, 12, 1 o'clock after everything's said and done, after a few meetings, you know, your pra- a little practice shake the legs out. Um, Tuesdays are our long days. That's the contact day. Getting it in, banging, getting all our scrums in, our lineups in, our malls in. Um, that's really just our go-hard day, get prepped for the weekend. Wednesday off, recover. And then Thursday, again, is a little bit longer. Um, again, like a Tuesday, we're out of there by like 3 o'clock. Um, but it's a little less on the contact, again, just kind of get everything set for the weekend. And then Friday is more just like a walkthrough uh, out of there kind of by about like noon, you know, in and out. You know, to the point. Yeah, and it's a it is a busy week, but we also have some some time to take care of ourselves, treat ourselves a little bit. You know, so it's it's a pretty good setup. Yeah, good stuff. And do all like I I know Dallas is a pretty hectic city, but does everyone kind of live near the the training base, and or do you have what like commute time or? Yeah, so our we all actually live in the same facility, which is a couple of the guys are walking by me right now. Oh. Uh, uh, we actually live all at the same facility um, here, which is amazing. They kind of got us all on the same floor. Um, at this, uh, it's almost like a extended stay, nice apartments. Uh, but it's about it's in Fort Worth, which is about twenty twenty minute drive every morning over to practice. Not which isn't bad because Texas is honestly it's beautiful. Um, but it is awesome again that they have us all together. So we're hanging out all the time by the pool together all the time. You know, going to get food, whatever it may be. So. Nice. That's also yeah. important, you know, the club and for years to come. Yeah, hundred percent. And I saw you're playing the wing, Sekmo. What are what are your thoughts on it? What are you thinking going forward? What what are you enjoying? Yeah, um, you know, just being again, being so new to the game and being so fresh to it. It's people are so intrigued, you know, about my my height. One, obviously, you know, that's six nine. Like that's big on paper when you see it. In person, you're like, okay, whatever. Like, you know, I get a lot of people ask, how tall, how tall are you? You know, every day, every day, everywhere I go. Um, but then, you know, my athletic ability as well, it's kind of mixed in. It's like, okay, like, what is he? Like, I think that's what people have trouble with, kind of like recognizing when where I can best use my abilities. But right now, um, I'm just a kind of okay with it. I'm kind of just going with it again because I want to learn the game. It's about the growth. I've played uh, with the Raptors, and, and to start here, I was in the second row. Played a little bit of flank, but mostly uh, at lock. Um, and I, I love that. I love, I love set piece. I love line out, love scrum. Like, you know, and, and that's a great place for me to learn and, and start to learn the game. Uh, but being in the backs and playing the wings also helped me see the field more clearly, you know, from a, a much broader perspective, uh, which so I kind of like it, you know, playing second row and then I can pump out the wing. Like, that's, that's a pretty cool, I think. I don't know if that happens, you know, very often in this game ever, but. Um, but that's just something different and unique I can bring to the game. And, you know, I, I kind of take pride in that, you know, like having, you know, have that, having that dilemma of, you know, where should we put them? 
you know, but like, again, I'm just so new. I want, I want to learn. I want to play everywhere. Like whatever it may be, whatever you're going to ask me to do, I'm going to, I'm just going to do and do it a hundred, you know, 50% no matter what. Yeah. Good stuff. That's the attitude to have. And it's funny, like, a traditional i don't know i'm from ireland then like traditionally like we we're very i think like blinkered and like narrow-minded and stuff like that like we pigeonhole people like he plays here he's a this he's a that but the fijians actually and like pacific islanders a lot of them will play like wing or flank or like you know second row back row or wing or center they play all over the place those guys like you know and there's a couple like you like nakarawa Leone Nakarawa, who played sevens, won a gold and then plays second row as well. But he's just this big, like, skillful guy. And it's like, they can, you yeah. just play wherever, you know? Yeah. And, that, and that's, the, that's the other thing, too, is that, you know, just being, I've been in sevens camp twice now um, and just competing for a spot out there. Like, you know, that's opened so many doors. And I've only played to date, fifth, this is going, this week would be my 15th ever game of 15 rugby ever. Um, and you've taken sevens and I've played one tournament of sevens. So, you know, maybe 20 games in my life I've played of rugby. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's kind, yeah. of, it's kind of crazy. It's like the whole U.S. pathway thing is like, I have, you know, 15 and seven. So, you know, what, what do you do? Like, that, that's also another nice dilemma to have, you know, because I, I can choose between, you know, two things. But uh, sevens just opens so many doors as well, you know, to, to learn the game, to see the field. And, that's been a pretty cool experience as well. So I think that's all. That's probably why a lot of you know people are like, oh, maybe he can actually can actually play wing because I have that seven background technically. Um, you know, so they're just kind of intrigued by like, you know, what what can I do? Where can we put these kids? Yeah, hundred percent. I've seen your highlights. You can definitely play wing, and uh, yeah, it'd be hard like someone get you out there with big long arm, getting some offloads in, and yeah, it's definitely a strength. Like having tall wingers for sure. And so you played seven. So you, what you were, you went out to Chula Vista for a tryout as well. Yeah. So um, actually, Mike Friday and I we we talked quite a bit. He's when I first got into Glendale over there with the Raptors, the Raptors, the American Raptors. There, um, he had seen some highlights and just my testing numbers, and apparently I put up some some really good numbers uh, just to running wise, and. So the people are like, oh, instantly this guy is a sevens player. Like he can do sevens. So Mike gets on the phone and he asked me to play on the U23s for Rugby Town, um, just so I could be with those the, some US coaches, just to you know see what kind of guy I am, my character, all that kind of thing. Can I play? Um, and I was 26 at the time, <laughs> playing for the U23s. So it was kind of funny. Um, but yeah, man. So he, I did the Rugby Town thing, and then. He invited myself and one of my other teammates, David Still, uh, out to camp. And we just, you know, we're out there to compete for a spot in the first six months of playing rugby. Um, I just, I still have to work my passport. That's on me. <laughs> still got to get a passport. So it's, it's been tough. But um, just even being in camp and competing in general is, is a really amazing thing. It's humbling. You know, sevens is by far the hardest thing I've ever done, you know, physically. And mentally, trying to battle through it. Um, but yeah, man, Mike. Uh, Mike asked me if I want to do the residency, which is again just another opportunity down the road. Um, you know, do I want to maybe try and go to the Olympics? Do I want to play rugby? You know, 15s and do try and do the World Cup thing, go overseas potentially. You know, play um, towards the latter half of the career. There's just so many options, you know. Um, so I'm just trying to take it really just day by day. You know, and just compete. That's all I can do is just compete. 
yeah that's cool yeah geez there are yeah so many options um and so I kind of just threw a lot at you there, but <laughs> what was that i said i kind of just threw a lot at you there but no no 100 no it's cool it's uh it's cool and the us are, are good at sevens as well like they're they're already up there challenging at the top and like you know the world series i'm sure like that's so cool that i think that's like one of the coolest things in rugby like getting to travel to all these different parts of the world you know yeah and you know for free at that like you're getting paid to do it so um but like you know one of the first guys i met there was marty Yosefo. and like just one of the you know most class act guys i've ever met in my life you know and i still get to talk to him here and there and he you know asked how i'm doing i asked you know i try to keep up with him but just to meet guys like that and you know have uh just guys to to idolize and look up to and try and learn from you know what i mean learn the game that's that's it's so cool man it's so cool yeah and so what you have to apply for a passport and get that that done yeah, so that's on my uh, first of immediate things to do. We're actually in the process now, but I've never, I mean, I've really never been out of the country other than Canada. Uh, just like obviously playing my sport, like uh, my other sports, we don't, it doesn't go outside of the US, right? So I didn't yeah. ever really need it. Um, so, you know, this is, that's just a little hiccup in the, uh, in the process. Yeah, that's funny. You don't need to, like, the States is so big. It's probably bigger than Europe itself. Like, and you can, you know, do everything there. Um, I know one thing, did I see that you had uh, some MLB tryouts? Um, yeah, so actually in high school, um, I had worked out for three teams, uh, the, the Pittsburgh Pirates, the uh, Baltimore Orioles, and the Washington Nationals. And so that was like a route my mom actually wanted me to take. She played uh, college softball and still holds some New York State records and stuff and from high school. So she's like, you know, she's always like, what do you think about, like, you know, if you ever were to continue with baseball? But it was just, like, one of those things that you were just good at and but you didn't love. You just kind of enjoyed doing it. Mm. Um, so I just, again, like, it was just I, I enjoyed my time playing. I just I couldn't really get behind it and, and fully dedicate myself to something that I just used as, like, pastime to enjoy myself, you, you know? Um, but, yeah, that, that was a, a fun fact. Yeah. So yeah. So you just weren't all into you're just like uh, you did the tryouts, and then it was just like, ma'am, just I'm obviously going to college to play football, and it's like whatever. That was that was kind of okay, but it's it's back to football. Yeah. Like it's just again, like football just had my heart, and I, I I mean I remember in third grade we made like books. We had to write books, um, and just come up with our own story, decorate the covers, and all that kind of thing you would do in grade school. And I literally wrote about playing college football and getting a scholarship, like. You know, and I almost lived out that, like, that book in third grade. And it's just, I don't know, it's just been so amazing. It's been so cool just to, you know, see what you can do when you just, you just believe in yourself. Like, no matter what anybody says, you know, all you can do, again, is just put your head down and just kind of grind through and just, just go for it. Yeah, no, I love that. I love it. Uh, thanks so much for your time. You've been unreal. And um, just one thing, like, do you, you never do you ever worry about like failing so like I think it's incredible like that mindset and I 100% agree with it but like say to people listening or young people listening that are you know I don't know 18 19 whatever and the fear of failure thing is a big thing and like having that plan b and I think that when you have a plan b you're you're actually saying to yourself I don't think I'm going to make the plan a you know, if you're putting a little bit, even if you're putting a little bit of energy into that plan B, you're you're essentially saying to yourself, hey, I don't believe in my plan A. So how 
did you, I suppose, I don't know, just go not have that plan B or not worry about that? You know, that's such a good question. I'm actually glad that you asked that because this is actually one of the biggest parts of, you know, my life journey and just my finding myself and growing as a person was in college as a freshman. Um, after my second semester, I basically wasn't even going to class. I was just doing the work, not going to class, like partying, doing like the typical just freshman thing, and but to an extreme extent. And I almost threw away everything. You know, I failed out of school. I failed out of college. Lost my scholarship. Um, you know, this is going home at Christmas time too to, to my family and like having to tell them like, hey, I might have just lost everything that we've ever worked for. You know, my mom sent me as a kid to boarding school to, you know, to follow this dream. You know, so much time had been invested into this. Um, and I, right in that moment, that immediate moment, I had thought I, I felt like I failed about just my life because I had had this plan, this whole all in. And I'm going to make it. I'm going to get my scholarship. I'm going to go to the NFL. I'm going to, you know, take care of my family. Everything right in that moment was, was lost. So I felt that failure. I was like, oh, my you know, I, I let everybody down, you know, I let myself down and everyone that believed in me. Um, but then I had a coach, my coach called me. Um, he's my tight ends coach, actually, Jeff Gallo. And to this day, I still like where, you know, he's like a father figure to me. And he called me and he said, you know, long story short, at the end of the phone call, he, he, looked, he said to me, he said, you can either be a champ or you can be a chump. He said, we all believe in you. I believe in you. I know what you, I know we, you know, who you can be and who you can become, but you have to believe who you can become. And you have to fully invest in it and, and ride the wave of emotions that you go through and we're here to help you. Um, and they gave me an opportunity to come back, which not everybody gets that second chance. And, you know, I'm forever thankful that they gave me that second chance. But, it, you know, I had to write so many letters to get back into school to the dean of students, the president of the school, um, you know, talk, speak to, to my teammates, to my coaches, um, and, and the mental roller coaster you're going through. As, I mean, I'm a 19 year old kid, you know, kind of don't even, I'm kind of lost, you know. Um, but that second chance changed my life and actually brought me to, you know, find this, you know, outlook on life that I have now, like to fully commit to, you know, basically being limitless in everything I do and, you know, put my best foot forward to ride the wave of emotions, to understand that you are going to, you know, have ups and downs. You're not going to be the best at everything, you know, all the time, but you can strive to be. And, and just to understand that when you hit those, those rock bottoms, when you feel like there's, there's nothing left there and like you, you, like you failed, that there's always going to be somewhere that someone there that cares for you and that you can reach out to someone, there will be somebody that believes in you. And, you know, you just have to trust that you can do it and that you can, you know, bring yourself to, you know, find yourself again. Like it's a hard process. Every, you know, we all go through those, these emotions. We all experience it, but we don't talk about it. Right. It's just such a, you know, a taboo subject in, you know, just mental health in general. So um, that fear, that, that feeling of failure is, is, you know, genuine. Everyone feels it, but at the end of the day, it's just like you're battling, you're just battling yourself and, you know, no one else. You're trying to be the best version of yourself every day. Uh, you know, those second chances, obviously, again, not everyone gets them, but all you can do is just, you know, put your best foot forward. Yeah, no, I, I love it. And something, thanks once again for your time. I know it's been a while, but uh, I also love um, that if it doesn't work out, like you go all in, it doesn't work out, like you, like it's happened 
once or twice for you you know with at the first year and then again uh, with spring league and then again with you know you're back home you find another dream you know it's like you go, you go all in and it just it doesn't work out and that's why i think people are afraid of it. it's like oh well, if if i fail and it doesn't work out like i'll be nowhere it's like you're, you're not going to be nowhere you'll just you know you'll have that experience you'll be better for it and then you find something else to pursue and go all in on that and give that everything you know you'll find another passion another thing that you pursue and then you know you pick yourself up you hopefully have good people around you like you had and then you know go brush yourself off and go again and that's the, that's just the thing that's exactly right like you know if you put if you go all in and put your put your best effort at whatever it is you're doing and you come up short and you feel like you fail it's still going to open other opportunities and other doors for you whereas if you just you know half-ass whatever you're trying to do and you don't really give it your best effort and you fail there might not be another chance like you you know, you have to be able to, to bring yourself to just be the best version of you and everything you do. And it's, and it's so hard. It, it, it is not, you know, it's not something that can just be said. You have to practice it every day, you know. So it, it is tough, but just you can't give up on yourself. And again, just, you know, work hard every day just to, to whatever it takes, whatever it takes to ride the wave. Yeah, it's worth it, though, isn't it, as well, going, uh, going all in and pursuing things rewarding you know and again the, the opportunities and doors it's open is incredible never in a million years would i thought i'd be where i am right now but I, here i am you know and it's i'm thankful again for every every minute of this journey awesome well hey thanks Amelia sean for your time it's been uh, unreal chatting and uh, yeah so cool hearing about your journey and best luck with everything going forward appreciate you having me on man thank you so much cheers If you enjoyed this chat, you'll like episode number 16 with Michael Basca also. Basca is a USA Eagle currently playing pro rugby in France who has a similar mindset and outlook to Sean. Please send this pod on some friends now. I'm sure you'll agree that anyone would learn something and get value hearing from Sean's story. When Sean spoke about drinking, partying, and thrown opportunities away resonated with me I've certainly been there too and I've just found that taking the easy route feels good in the moment like going drinking being lazy and just floating about but when you're living a life that is less than you know you're capable of your self-worth goes down the drain in time You can use vices like drinking, eating shitty food, smoking weed, watching TV, scrolling on your phone endlessly to try and escape and hide away from the fact that you're not striving to be the best version of yourself. But after a while it hits you square in the face and yeah, you don't feel good. Happiness, contentment, fulfillment, or simply just feeling good about yourself comes when you have a goal, an intellectual or physical goal, that you are striving and working hard to achieve day in, day out. It's a goal that forces you to be the best version of yourself, that challenges you and pushes you yeah really get the best out of yourself 
and that's just today, tomorrow, and every day. That's what the challenge is, and that's what you're being pushed to do. And it's come up a good bit throughout this podcast, and I've heard it lots in that that's what where the enjoyment is, is the day-in, day-out grind. Johnny Cooper spoke about when he wins in All-Ireland, like he's won loads of All-Irelands, and but the enjoyment is in getting there, it's in the journey. And he spoke about when he takes the jersey off after winning that All-Ireland, he finds the next hill to climb. And I was listening to Keith Earls this week, and he spoke about when he won the Six Nations in 2018, he felt kind of flat and empty that it wasn't what he thought it would be. He said there was a little bit of enjoyment because he was walking around the field with his kids and he was like, oh, that was a nice moment. But he was like, is this all there is? It's also happened, I've spoken about it before, but two examples I like are powerful ones are Tyson Fury. All his life he wanted to win the heavyweight world championship and when he won it he said he was depressed before he left the ring. Johnny Wilkinson when he won the World Cup in 03 spoke about or speaks about similar things in that you know the success you think that the achievement will just give this crazy happiness but it's just not the case. So if you're a rugby player, pick a goal that is ridiculously ambitious and go all in on it. You won't regret it. And in fact, the journey, it'll be exhilarating. Like there'll be highs, no doubt, big lows. But like Sean said, you'll learn a lot about yourself and develop as a person along the way. And there's a good chance you'll achieve that crazy, ridiculous goal. But if not, no worries. The other option is to play it small, be overcautious and only ever go after goals that you're certain of achieving. And believe me, you don't want to do that. You know yourself you don't want to do that because if you do, you look back in time with regret knowing that you could have done more. You could have been more ambitious. You could have pushed yourself further and regret doesn't feel good if this is your first time listening to the pod you're very welcome and thanks for clicking in make sure to check out some earlier episodes i mentioned basca and there's lots of other americans if you want to hear from american rugby players and yeah there's internationals take your pick if you're a regular listener cheers please make sure you're subscribed so that you don't miss an episode and send it on some friends. Thank you to those of you who support the pod through patreon.com forward slash offfieldrugby. It's not much, it's the price of a coffee once a month, but that support means the world to me, so thank you so much. If you enjoy the pod, get some value out of it, and are a sound person, you can essentially buy me a coffee, yeah, through patreon.com forward slash offfieldrugby. The link is in the description. And when you sign up, I'll also let you know who's coming up on the pod and get any questions you have for them. Thanks for clicking in today. Have a good one. Cheers.